information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Caitlin Rose Case was enjoying her new job at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk, Colorado. She was working in the engineering department, and so far, she really liked it there. Caitlin was from Homa, Louisiana, originally, and in July of 2022, she decided to fly home to Homa to purchase a car. Her plan was to then drive it back to Blackhawk, Colorado, after spending a few days with her family. On April 4th, she left her family in Homa and started the drive to Colorado. On April 5th, somewhere in Texas, Caitlin started struggling with the GPS in her vehicle and she called her dad for help. She was lost, she was confused, and she couldn't seem to get back on the right roads. Her dad was trying to help her manually figure out where she was and direct her back to where she needed to be. But around 5 o'clock p.m., the call dropped. The family tried all night to reach her and into the next day, but were unsuccessful. Knowing something was very wrong, they reported Caitlin missing to the Homa Police Department in their hometown in Louisiana. The investigation would take many twists and turns, literally. But Caitlin has not been seen or heard from since. Where is Caitlin Rose Case? Hello, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast and another very mystifying unsolved missing person case. This one being fairly recent, having happened in August of just last year, 2022. Only about five months from the recording of this in January of 2023. 33-year-old Caitlin Case had a plan to road trip home to Colorado after buying a car in Homa, Louisiana. A plan that didn't work out as everyone, and likely Caitlin herself, had thought it would. Before we jump into Caitlin's story, I want to give a huge welcome to our newest Patreon members, Wesley and Stephanie. Thank you so much for your support of our show. This episode is brought to you by the Fetch app, one of my favorite show partners. Supporting our partners helps support our show, and downloading this app and scanning your first receipt is something that is totally free to do, helps support our mission, and can earn you some free gift cards in the process. I hope you'll give it a try. We'll hear more on them later. Let's jump into the story of Caitlin Rose Case. Caitlin's story was emailed to me by a listener, and they had mentioned that there were some similarities to the case of Benita Woody. And it's hard to ignore that there are, although there isn't really anything concrete to link the two. Benita's case was covered in April of 2022. 
I don't want to get ahead of myself. So we'll circle back to Benita at the end of this episode. In 2022, 33-year-old Caitlin Rose Case had recently moved to Colorado and had taken a job that she was loving, an engineer and maintenance position at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk. Caitlin was from Houma, Louisiana, and her parents and most of her family still resided there. It's been noted that she did have some family near her with her in Colorado, but I can't confirm who it was or how they were related. We don't know much about Caitlin's personal life, either growing up or as an adult. And this case does make us ask a lot of questions about that. It was said by Caitlin's family on their webpage they set up for her that Caitlin was super kind to everyone she met and she was a very trusting person. On July 31st, 2022, Caitlin took a flight from Colorado back to Houma, Louisiana. Her plan was to spend a few days with her family, which she did, purchase a car from someone she knew, and then drive that vehicle back to her home in Colorado. This vehicle was a black GMC Envoy. Caitlin spent those few days with her family in Houma, and then she would begin the near 20-hour drive back to her home in Colorado. The Disappearance Caitlin was ready for the journey in her new GMC Envoy, her new-to-her Envoy. She said goodbye to her family in Homa, and she hit the road on August 4th. Caitlin stayed in touch with her family regularly throughout the whole first day of the trip. On August 5th, the next day, Caitlin called her dad later in the afternoon because she was lost. Her GPS navigation in the car wasn't working right, and for some reason, Caitlin had found herself lost and confused. Her dad stayed on the phone with her and tried to help her figure out where she was and manually try to help get her back on track to where she should be. He wasn't exactly sure where she was himself, and he was going to stay on the phone with her and try to help her, at least until she could get back on the interstate and he was confident that his daughter was okay. But around 5 o'clock p.m., that call dropped. Now, initially, he wasn't too alarmed. I mean, we've all had dropped phone calls. So Caitlin's dad just kept trying to call her back with no luck, and hoping that Caitlin would call him back soon. But pretty soon, the whole family was trying to call Caitlin. The new service was likely spotty, especially if she had ended up off the beaten path. But they'd still hope that at some point they'd reach her, or she would call them back. Of course, worry grew as time went on. After all, she had been lost the last time they spoke to her, and they wanted to make sure she was back on track and that she was okay. Throughout the night, they tried to call Caitlin, but she never answered. The next day, August 6th, with still no word from Caitlin, her father called the local police department in Homa to report his daughter missing. The search. Homa 
entered Caitlin's information into the NCIC database and immediately put a license plate reader alert out in nine surrounding states. But it was going to take some time. Their first clue wouldn't come in until the next day, August 7th, now two days since Caitlin's father had spoken to her. Her cell phone had pinged around Hugo, Oklahoma. At that time, Homa alerted the Oklahoma authorities and they conducted a search of that area where her cell phone had pinged. But there was no sign of Caitlin or her GMC envoy anywhere in that area. The very next day, August 8th, Caitlin's dad decided to drive up to Hugo himself and search for his daughter. After all, this is the last known place that her cell phone was. Hugo, Oklahoma is about nine miles north of the Texas line. Does it make sense that she would be in Hugo, Oklahoma on her route home? Maybe. But as we'll soon see, evidence will have us questioning that as more clues roll in. So it's now been a few days and no one has heard from Caitlin. No one. Her phone is either dead or turned off and she is nowhere to be found. Investigators wait to see what they can find out via cell phone pings and license plate readers. Meanwhile, Caitlin's family doesn't want to sit around and wait. On August 12th, now one week since Caitlin had vanished, her brother, with the help of a Best Buy employee, are able to use the Find My Phone feature and pinpoint the exact coordinates of her phone. The brother calls their dad immediately, gives him this location, her father calls it into the authorities there in Oklahoma and takes off for this spot to see what he can find. This phone was indicating it's there right now, so there was no time to waste. And when he arrives at that location, he notices a driveway with a gated entry. And the police arrive, and together they access the property. As they go back onto the property, they will find something that stops them in their tracks. In front of them, on the banks of the Kiamichi River, is Caitlin's Black GMC Envoy. But it's in an alarming state. It's actually balanced between two small trees, just above a 75-foot cliff drop that goes down into the river. It looked like someone had attempted to push the vehicle over the edge down into the river, but these trees had stopped it from falling down. After a few hours, they were able to get the car back up on solid ground where they could search it, and a search of the car showed no signs of Caitlin at all. But all of her personal belongings were still there, including both of her cell phones. Now, Caitlin had a personal cell phone, and she carried one for work purposes. There were no signs of anything else. There were no signs of a struggle. There were no signs of foul play. But obviously the car was in a place that it shouldn't be. There's no reason for the car to be there and in that condition. The river below, the Kiamichi River, runs mostly north and south, ending at the Oklahoma and Texas border where it meets the Red River. Authorities have also said that this area of the river is pretty low as far as water levels and it likely wouldn't have submerged the entire car. So likely someone was just looking to dump it. Maybe not fully hide it, or maybe they didn't expect anyone to come on the private property to find it. The question is, who put this car in that position, and why was it on this property? 
We can likely rule out some type of car accident as the car was located back on private property through a gated driveway entry. A relative of the property owners did have an account of what might have happened. She said that in the middle of the night on August 5th, now this is the same day Caitlin had been talking to her dad and dropped the call. This woman said she saw two cars come speeding down that gated driveway and only one car returned back. No other details about that have been released. It's not known what she thought was happening exactly. What did she think happened to that second car? And she didn't get a good look at either vehicle at that time. And now much to the family's dismay, the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation did not secure that area as a crime scene. The very next day, August 13th, the day after her car was found, the case was turned over to the Oklahoma Bureau of Investigation since her car was found in Oklahoma. This day also brought out a nonprofit search and rescue group with search dogs to comb through that entire area. And this was organized not by law enforcement, but instead by Caitlin's family. Sadly, the owner's son came forward and asked them to leave the property before they were done searching. And this is another interesting point. Not much more has been said about this either. I wonder why. If someone was missing and they wanted to search through my property, I'd gladly let them. Heck, I'd even help. But during the time that they were able to search on that property, nothing was found. Before we take a look at the route that Caitlin drove, which we know because we can use cell phone pings, license plate readers, and credit card usage, let's have a quick word from today's partner. The Fetch Rewards app is a no-brainer, an app that rewards you for doing the shopping you already do. Simply download the free app, scan your everyday receipts, and earn points that you can redeem for gift cards. You can scan grocery store, restaurant, even hardware store receipts. And the best part, you can also set up to automatically scan e-receipts that come into your email. What kind of gift cards can you earn? Airline gift cards, Starbucks cards, Airbnb, Amazon, retail stores like Nike, Adidas, and Cabela's, and even restaurants like Dave & Buster's, Chili's, and IHOP, just to name a few. Or use your points for a gift card for services like Hulu Plus or Instacart. It's super easy, folks. And if you use our link in the notes, you will receive up to 4,000 bonus points just for downloading the app today and scanning your first receipt. Remember, supporting our partners helps support the show. And really, who doesn't love free money? Again, you'll find the link in our show notes. Caitlin's Route Generally, I like to look at the area where someone disappeared from, or where they were last known to be, but we don't really know much as far as where that might have been. Authorities were able to trace her route quite a bit by using cell phone data, Wi-Fi data, license plate readers, 911 calls, and even credit card usage. But the whole thing is a bit confusing and doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Meaning the route that she was taking doesn't make sense. I did spend quite 
a bit of time looking at the route that she had taken. And then I read through a couple of different online forums from people discussing the routes in the areas. It's still confusing, but I'll do my best to walk you through it. On August 5th at around 5 o'clock p.m., the call between Caitlin and her father is dropped. This call was determined to have come from Caitlin's phone five miles south of Pagoda, Texas. Could this be a normal route to take from Louisiana to Colorado? Maybe. Pagoda is in the northeast part of the state, very close to Louisiana, and early enough in her drive, she could have decided to go that way. Plus, we know that she was lost. At 6.10 p.m., just a little over an hour after she drops the call with her father, her Wi-Fi connects on a rural road southeast of Cunningham, Texas. Cunningham, Texas is 14 miles from Bogota. And according to Google Maps, it's about a 15-minute drive. It's not noted what her Wi-Fi connects to. And a Google Maps search of the area shows that it's extremely rural. So I think that's odd that it connects to Wi-Fi to anything. I generally like to walk the streets, if you will, in these areas using Google Maps, but they're so rural, it's not even mapped. Satellite imagery shows farmland, sporadic houses, farms, and ponds. That's about it. Had she been driving around lost for that hour and 10 minutes since she had spoke to her dad, only to end up 15 minutes west of where she was? The other interesting note about this is, is her phone likely stayed in that area for 49 minutes because it connected through that Wi-Fi one more time at 6.59 p.m. when it lost connection. A witness did come forward, someone who lived on that rural road, so that Caitlin had pulled into his driveway and he had asked her if he could help her or what was wrong. She told him she was lost and she had made a wrong turn and he said he gave her directions. Around 7 o'clock p.m., her phone pings, this time near Pattonville, Texas. Pattonville is north of Cunningham and just south of Paris, Texas. At 9.17 p.m., a license plate reader captures her car leaving Paris, Texas. What's strange is Hugo, Oklahoma is a straight shot north from Paris. Yet her car was seen heading west away from Hugo, but her car would end up in Hugo two and a half hours later. Also, her phone pinged just south of Paris around 7 p.m., and a license plate reader catches the vehicle leaving Paris at 9.17 p.m. What was she doing in that area for two hours? I also did find it really interesting that her family indicates there were a few 911 calls made. One in particular at 10.53 p.m., but this data hasn't been released. Family also states that the 911 operator didn't dispatch anyone at that time. Now, I don't know anything about these calls. Were they just calls that came from that area during the time Caitlin was known to be in that area? Or did they actually come from her phone? Which is really strange, seeing as her family had been waiting for a call back that whole time. Until they give us more information on that, we really don't know. At 11.46 p.m., less than an hour later after that mysterious 911 call, 
Her car enters the private property in Hugo, Oklahoma, where it would remain until it would be found a week later. Law enforcement did find CCTV footage of Caitlin along this route, which they were able to find by using her bank records. They found timestamps of when she used her debit card at gas stations, and they were able to pull that surveillance footage. They did release one picture of Caitlin at a gas station when they were asking the public for help. It really isn't that clear of a photo. It does look like she's alone. It doesn't look like anything is amiss. We really don't have a good angle to see if there's anyone in the car with her. Now, there's a lot of analysis on this route itself and if it made sense or not. Truthfully, I don't think we have enough information to focus on that. Did it make sense for her to be traveling these areas if she was going from Homa, Louisiana to Colorado? Maybe. Before we jump into the questions, I want to touch on the strange similarities between Caitlin's case and another one of our missing person cases, Benita Woody. And shout out to our listener, C. Smith, for pointing out this connection. Benita Woody vanished on August 5th, 2020. Caitlin vanished on August 5th, 2022. Benita was last known to be in Texas. So was Caitlin. Both of their vehicles would be found abandoned in Oklahoma. Benita's on the side of the highway and Caitlin's on a riverbank. Definitely some odd coincidences. And a lot of true crime people will tell you they don't believe in coincidences. However, there's nothing really to connect these two whatsoever. But it is certainly interesting. They have some of the same elements to their disappearance. Benita's case has not been solved yet either, and you can find her case by searching our episodes back to April 2022 when we covered it. I'll also link her YouTube video in the show notes if you'd like a refresher or if you missed it the first time. I'm curious to know what y'all think of this as well. Just some odd coincidences? The Questions Ah, the questions. There are so many here. Where do I even begin? I guess, first of all, I wonder about any other phone activity. I know she lost service. Was that on both phones? Remember, she had two, a personal and a work phone. Did they have different providers? Did law enforcement look through her call history, internet search activity, messenger apps? I wonder if she was talking to anyone else during that time or if Maybe she knew somebody in that area. And what about this private property that her car was found on? It was gated. How did the car get back there? Was the gate unlocked and just needed to be opened? Or did someone need to unlock the gate? Also, why wouldn't they allow this nonprofit organization to search their property? Have they been questioned? I'm hoping they have. And we just aren't privy to those details. And it is interesting. With as many alarming and weird details on her disappearance, that the media hasn't picked up and ran with this story. There are so many possible answers that it's difficult to formulate 
any one theory here. What do you think happened to Caitlin Rowe's case? Caitlin is described as a Caucasian female, five foot five inches tall, and weighing around 140 pounds when she was last seen. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Caitlin was 33 years old on August 5th, 2022, and would today be 34. Caitlin has a noticeable mole above her upper lip on the right side. She was wearing a black spaghetti strap top, blue jeans, and red tennis shoes when she was last seen. Caitlin has three tattoos, a dragonfly on her left foot, a dragon on her ribcage, and a triangle on her back between the shoulder blades. Anyone with any information is asked to contact OSBI, the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation, at 580-298-5525, or the family who you can reach directly by going to their website at findcaitlin.com. Caitlin has been missing now for over five months, and her family continues to push for answers. They have set up a GoFundMe page. I will also link that in the notes. If you are able to help, please do so. Even just a little bit can go a long way. It's costly to search for a loved one. Generally, that means missed work, staying in hotels, hiring private investigators. It's not easy. If you aren't able to donate, consider sharing the page. And please, 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 Share Caitlin's story. Someone out there has to know something. Thank you all so much for listening to Caitlin's story today. A reminder to give us a follow on the socials where we can share updates and chat about these cases. All of our links will be in the notes and you can always search for the Where Are They podcast. If you're interested in bonus episodes over on Patreon, you can find that link in the notes as well. Our detective group starts at $3 a month and helps us make donations to charities and these family GoFundMes like Caitlin's. Plus, you can get some bonus content over there as well. Our podcast is available on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. You can always support our show by following and subscribing to the podcast. This helps it reach a wider audience and not get lost in the shuffle of podcasts out there. Following the podcast is always completely free and helps us immensely. If you enjoy the show, please consider rating us as well. If you have any case suggestions, please send me an email at canwefindthem at gmail.com or message me on social media. Thank you all again so much for listening to Caitlin's story today. This is what I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on, especially considering how It is more of a recent case compared to the ones we typically cover. We will be back again very soon with another unsolved missing persons case. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved one.